We are about to jump into uh, our series again. Uh, Jesus is the image of God. I hope you found it helpful last week. John, it wasn't last week, it was Super Sunday last week, two weeks ago. Dallin, yeah, yeah, you're correcting me. Um, Looked at Jesus being creator and how he continues to recreate and, and make all things new. I just want to start by reading a couple of verses that will come up on the screen behind us. This first one from Colossians, we're really basing our time. This is like a springboard in, really. But if you remember these words from Colossians, he is the image. This is Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were made, in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things all together. It's like Jesus is a big deal. It's all about him. And then the Hebrews, Hebrews text, verse 1. Uh, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Some translations say ancestors. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Just, just that. Just a little phrase, and by Jesus, he created the world. He's the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the power of his word or by the word of his power. So these are a couple of kind of verses or several verses to springboard from. We want to remember that the God of the universe has made himself known in and through the person of Jesus. You want to know what God's like? You look no further than Christ. We believe in this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but the Son perfectly represents the Father. He he came to make the way to the Father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through Christ. Remember, we use that quote, if you want to know what God has to say, you look at Jesus. Jesus is what God has to say. Jesus is what God has to say. That helped me. That helped me when I came to faith. I've always believed in a deity of some sort, but when I could see the beauty of Christ and what he did for humanity, I could say, man, that's why I want to put my trust in a God like that. So we want to hold Jesus above all things. You never know, until he returns, we might only talk about Jesus here. Who knows? And that's not going to be a bad thing. I I, I said this when we kicked off the series. I had some feedback from our old church, someone visiting us that said, you did talk about Jesus a lot. You know, that's wonderful feedback. If we ever get feedback, it's like, man, Christ is hardly mentioned here. I love our worship. I love Alicia and the gang. It's always Christ elevating. It's like looking at him. Today, we're looking at Jesus is the light. So this is an image. Um, well, light, you help see images through light, don't you? The brightness. But we're looking at Jesus being the light. In John's gospel, we know these words very famously. John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Not just a light, he's the light. The light of the whole world. An illuminated brightness that allows us to see something. That's what lights do. An illumination of brightness. That helps us see. Light helps us, well, light cuts through the fog. Even when it's really foggy, you can still see the light. Light pierces through the darkness. You know, it's like at home, if if you need to find something that's stuck behind a sofa, 
If you like our household, sorry, love. <laughs> My dear wife, she's got a, a jacket over her scarf around her. I was like, you, you are, I'm just cold. Um, let the light of God. Um, it's horrible what's behind the sofa at times. Like, disturbing. And if you shine a light, I did it the other day, and you find all sorts of things you, you thought of lost. Like what? Thanks, Andy. Well, stuff that you thought was lost. Like that random sock that you threw the other one out because you lost it. You, so you can see in the dark, you can find things with a light that you think was lost. Equally, with a light in the dark, you often find things that are festering as well. This is where I want to be careful. In our house, sorry. The other day... When I was, when I, you remember when I moved the sofas around and I was really proud of moving the lounge around? I said, look what I've done. And was like, it looks no different. <laughs> but I, what I managed to do is hoover under the sofa old mouldy crisps, toenail cl- clippings. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. I bite them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Should we just worship? Should we just... Spend some time there. You know what I'm saying. With a light in the dark, you find what you think was lost and you equally can find things that are festering and yucky and bad. So we need light. Jesus says, I'm the light. I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. I've always been attracted to a good torch. I mean... It's random. Went camping with JT and my nephew uh, in August. We organized something. And beforehand, I, I just realized I don't have anything. I don't have any, any good stuff to take away. But we went for night walks and stuff like that. But I like a good torch. So whenever I'm in one of these outdoorsy type places, you know, the outdoorsy type places, I, lo- I find myself in them more often than... I should be, really, because I'm not that kind of person. But I always, I'm always attracted to a good torch, <laughs> genuinely. And I get home, and I buy a new torch, and Em says, why have you bought a torch? We've got, like, torches everywhere. But there's something about a good torch. <laughs> I know it sounds random, but if you go hiking, if you go exploring, if you go on any of those kind of things, you're pretty clumsy, you're pretty silly if you don't take some form of good light with you like a torch you know whether you're walking like we did we went exploring <laughs> this is that night uh, anyway that's another story um or if you need to lose use a loo in the evening it's, it's important to you've got a good torch with you without a torch it's tricky to see i know i'm making light of this but i think often I don't get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Look at that light. Shirley's got it. Just hold it up for a moment. You can, you can all see that, right? Look at the size of... It's what? It's a TARDIS. Ah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Life, listen, life can feel like we are... I don't know about you, but it is, it is an adventure into the unknown, right? 
Life is like stepping into the wild. That's where Jesus is calling us as well. I want you to come into the wild. Because if you want your life to be all nice and neat and tidy, every T crossed, every I dotted, that's the right way around, you're going to be really disappointed. I remember hearing gospel messages like, come to Christ and everything will be well for you. It's just not true. He promises to be with you in all things. One day, everything will be well. But here in this world, I'll get to it in a little bit, Jesus promised that we'll have tough times. So it's important that we hold on to this light. We hold on to the light of Christ. He is the light of the world. And whoever follows him, I want to challenge you today. Are you following him? What does that look like for you? Are you following a club? Are you going to a, a, like a church because it, it offers good projects and, and children's work? Or are you following him? Boosie said it earlier, we're the called out ones. The ones who were in darkness, but have been called in his marvelous light. That's what scripture tells us. You're the called out ones of God. Are you following him? Because if you are, he promises that you will have the light of life. And if you're bumbling around like I can at times, thinking, why am I bumping into things? And I... Sometimes it's because we've forgotten to follow him. We're following ourselves. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Sometimes the terrain of life, the experiences, sometimes they're dry and warm and beautiful, but sometimes they're cold and they're dark and they're hard and they're painful and they're bleak and they're damp. We live in the north, right? We know what bleakness looks like. We know what damp feels like. There's nothing quite like when the sun comes out. You think, yes, there's the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I'm just going to keep repeating it. <laughs> Little bang, bang. Friends, Jesus wants to guide us. And there's an invitation. And I just want to remind you, there's an invitation to you. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. He's the great heavenly torch, if you like, that will reveal the path in front of us step by step, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, year after year. He wants you to keep following. The question is, will you allow him? Will you allow Christ to lead you? Are you following your will, your desires, your drives, your voice, your light? Are we following our little flashlight or are we following him? Are we surrendering our will under his great will? It's easy to say. It's easy to say. Remember what he says. Remember what the word says. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Are we a company of people saying, your will be done, Lord Jesus Christ. Not our will, but your will be done. John's gospel, Jesus is described as the true light in 1 John. The true light. The light that illuminated the way for humanity. A light that reveals the motives and intentions of our hearts. You know what it's like when the light of Christ is shone into your heart? It's like, ah. Uh, like Neil brought this contribution. The light drives out shame, pushes away darkness. 
this light purifies and cleanses. I remember the, the moment that I gave my heart to Christ. He revealed all the yuckiness in my heart. And it wasn't a, a ton of bricks like condemnation. It was just, just a beautiful warm light shone into my heart. And he revealed where I needed to turn from. This light chases away darkness. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word. Your very word, Lord. Your spoken word. Your written word. We understood correctly. We can only understand this by hearing his word. His word is a, a lamp to us and it's a light to our feet. Something we've got to remember that Jesus is the word. Like it says in John's gospel, John 1, Jesus is the word. He's the perfect revelation of God. He's the word that became flesh and came and lived and dwelt among us. He's God's perfect word to us. And it's by his word, it's by the Lord Jesus himself that he would be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Every step of the way, Jesus illuminates the path through his spirit and by his word. And are we that group of people that are day by day saying, guide me, Holy Spirit. Guide me, Spirit of God. Speak to me through this. Show me your ways. When you read this, are you expecting to meet with God? Are you expecting Jesus to speak directly to your heart? This isn't a lucky charm. This isn't a fate book. This isn't let's, let's open it and see what he says. Let's hope for the best. This is his word to you. This is life to you. This is your daily bread. Speak, Lord Jesus. I want to get better at opening this saying, speak, Lord Jesus. Reveal. Illuminate the way. Because he's a light, he also reveals pitfalls and dangers like a lighthouse. A lighthouse screams at a boat. Stay away from the rocks. In the turmoil and the storms of the sea, a lighthouse says, don't come any further. Go back that way. That's what Christ does as well at times. He'll show us the way and he'll also reveal, don't come any further. Go back that way. Go back the way you came. I love what it says in Isaiah 30. Verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is a beautiful partnership of what we get to do with, with Jesus. We get to live day by day with him, partner with him. Your life is yours. It is hidden in him, is surrendered by him, but you're not a robot. So it's not like you just punch in some sort of heavenly coordinates and he just robotically leads you. He gives you. He gives you choice. But as you go left and right, if you're listening, he'll say, this is the way. Follow it. He'll say, this is the way, walk in it. You know that conscience within when he speaks to you. The questions are, are we listening? The question to you and to, to me, are you listening? Are you listening for him? Are, are you listening to other people? Are you listening to yourself? Are you listening to other voices? Are you listening to his voice? 
Are you listening to him saying, this is the way, walk in it? There are many distractions in life, many, many, many. So much stuff gets in the way, can knock us off track. It can be subtle, but it can be huge as well. As individuals, at times life will be challenging. It'll be up and down, left and right, twists and turns. Like I said, different seasons, there's no escaping pain. I'm really sorry about that. I remember one guy refused to pray for a lady that asked for prayer that she would never be tempted. And he just refused to pray. He said, I'm sorry, I can't pray for you that isn't in the word. I can't pray that. We can never pray that you won't be tempted. We can't pray that you're not going to have hard seasons in life because Jesus outright promises it. Happy almost Christmas, everyone. (laughs) But the reality is it's true. Man, I've lost loved ones. My first best friend killed in a tragic accident. A father in the faith died before he should have done. You know, we've had heartache. You've had heartache. Man, we've got enough tears in this room to probably fill this room. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But he also says, take heart, because I've overcome the world. Do you know this word, take heart, it means be of comfort. Take comfort. In this world, you're going to have trouble, Andy. But have comfort, because Christ has overcome. Christ has overcome. So effectively, we take comfort because we put our confidence in him. That's what he's saying. Take comfort. In me, put your confidence in me. So as individuals, we're going to have hard times. Now, I'm not doing this to cause fear, but the reality is that's going to happen. But as a company of people, as a family, we will have hard times. And we are having hard times. Man, the last two years, or as John said, seven decades, whatever it is, of COVID, have been tough. But specifically, the last eight months or so have been really tough. Man, really tough. But we need to take heart together. We need to take heart and know that Christ is in control. He's with us. We can put our trust, our hope, our confidence and our courage in him. I just want to say something. I want to be careful how I say this. But this church belongs to him. I know we know that. I know we know that. But it's easy to forget that. The body, the bride, the beloved, that's who we are. The church is the body, the bride, the beloved of Christ, the ones he died for. You and I are the ones he died for. We were the joy set before him that endured the cross. But it's his church. The Bible's really clear. Church doesn't belong to a man or a woman or a couple or a group of couples or a group of people. It belongs to the risen saviour. That's who this church belongs to. Vine Life Church belongs to Christ. We have to hold on to that. We have to hold on to that. He is the head. I love how scripture says he's the head. He's the good shepherd. And he's the senior pastor of this whole community. We have to hold on to that. Because we need to know there are dark forces at play. We have a very real enemy. We don't talk about the enemy much. 
Because we're not to get obsessed and distracted by him, but we have a real enemy who has real schemes, real tactics, and he wants to, he wants to cause division at every turn. The devil, the accuser, the liar is hell-bent at causing as much havoc as possible until, as John brilliantly put last week, Jesus makes all things new. He is going to do that. It's not like a, let's see who wins this. It's one. It is completely one. The cross had the final word. Jesus' death for sin, his resurrection for new life, has cancelled out the final plans of the enemy. He's a defeated foe. The cross had the final word, but the accuser still wants to whisper. He still wants to whisper guilt and condemnation and shame like our brother Neil shared with us. He still wants to say, like Em said, there's a barrier in front of you. It's too hard. Why don't you just give up? Why don't you give up? Why don't you give up on yourself? Why don't you give up on your family? Why don't you give up on this church? Why don't you give up on your job? Why don't you give up? The world would be a better place if you gave up. It's a lie. That's not what your saviour would tell you. He'd say, keep going. Keep going, because I've won the final battle. Keep going. Did you see me hanging on the cross for you? My, my blood poured out, my body broken, but my resurrection into brand new life for you. The devil doesn't get the last word. Jesus gets the last word. The accuser still wants to whisper, sometimes shout, and he wants to cause harm. He hates the church. He absolutely hates it. He hates this. Hates it. He doesn't just want to be a cheeky chappy and make things a bit awkward for us. I don't know what that was, but just trip us up. He wants to utterly wreck it. Let's be aware of his schemes. Division is not of Jesus in any way, in any way. The enemy is utter darkness, but Jesus is perfect, pure light. God is light. In him, there is no darkness. There is no darkness. I used to be really scared of the dark. As a kid, I used to sleep with a little nightlight on. Because there's something of just a little light that brings comfort and peace and security. Even if Em and the kids are away, I sleep with a light on. I know it's a bit weird. I sometimes sleep with the curtains on, open, on. <laughs> yeah, just take the curtains down. When him goes, I just take the curtains all down. I just keep the curtains open because there's a nightlight outside. And that, don't worry, I'm not a big baby. Well, I am actually. I do that because I know there's something of light that keeps me comf- like keeps comfort there. There's peace there. Do you know what darkness does? It forces people to hide, hide away. Things fester and grow and get yucky in the dark. But in the light, when there's that brilliant, perfect, beautiful light of Christ, it's like we're like moths to a flame. We just want to get close to him. Man, I've just realized the time. I've got a ton more to say. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. And we'll close. This has been my constant prayer Over the past several months now, Lord Jesus, please shine your light on everything. Everything. Shine your light into all of our hearts. Please, please, Lord Jesus. Would you make that your daily prayer? 
Lord Jesus, shine your light into our hearts. Shine your light into our hearts. Shine your light across this church. Shine your light into all of our motives and intentions and lead us in the way everlasting. Let's just, let's just pray together. This is a brilliant proverb that says, Trust in the Lord of all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So I just pray, Lord Jesus, as we trust you with all of our heart, as we lean not on our own understanding, but as we rely on you with everything, thank you that you will make our paths straight. So I pray you'd do that. I pray you'd do that. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, it was an abrupt landing. Uh, I want to honour our kids' work. Sarah and the team, they do such a phenomenal job.